Hey guys, this is Steve Baker, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist. I am about to give as forceful a response to President Biden's speech on gun control the other day as I possibly can without being deplatformed everywhere. That said, fortunately, our video is originating uh, and will be posted first on our locals community, which means uh, we won't be deplatformed or the video will not be deleted there. So we're thankful for that. I just hope that uh, those of you that are watching this elsewhere, be it Facebook or any of the other platforms that we end up sharing this, that you will share this uh, prolifically. We want this uh, information to get out to as many people as absolutely possible. You may even get some of your uh, leftist friends to watch it. It might be good for them. Uh, before I dive into his speech specifically, I do want to I do want to share a couple of other comments that were given by people very close to the administration, and who uh, made these comments going all the way back to the campaign, particularly the Democratic primaries during her primary campaign. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris was one of only a handful of candidates to explicitly advocate at the time for the confiscation. Uh, for what she estimated to be tens of millions of legally owned firearms. This is what she said. We have to have a buyback program, and I support a mandatory gun buyback program. It's got to be smart. We've got to do it the right way, but there are 5 million assault weapons at least, or some estimate as many as 10 million. And we're going to have to have a smart public policy that's about taking those off the streets, but doing it the right way. Then, just a few weeks ago, she said, <laughs> in complete contradiction to that particular remark, stop pushing the false choice that this means everybody's trying to come after your guns. That is not what we're talking about. I, I take the second of her comments to be the ball face lie. Uh, you may also remember Beto O'Rourke's campaign promise when he said famously, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Okay. All right. We, we, we know what their position is and we know where they're coming from. We know what their stance is. So let's fast forward to just a couple of days ago when Biden gave his speech on the White House lawn. So um, let's just begin there. Now to President Biden's lie-filled speech. We've got a long way to go. It seems like we always have a long way to go, but also today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Well, Mr. President, frankly, it's not a health crisis. But what everyone should know is that by proliferating that theme, we know exactly what you're doing. You're just opening more doors for bureaucratic regulation. And this to bypass state and federal leg, uh, legislation um, and then en enact crisis orders, as it were, health crisis orders. And, you know, we've seen how successful that has been uh, during the current COVID health crisis. In the name of that health crisis, governors and mayors were used to enact all manner of suspension of individual liberties. Governors even bypassed their own laws and legislation, state legislation to make it, quote unquote, easier to vote during you know the COVID crisis. This was completely illegal to do so, but they did it anyway. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court allowed them to get away with it. So you see, the die is already cast. The precedent is set for them to start that narrative of this being a public 
health crisis. Back to his speech. Nothing. Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake for what we're talking about. But no amendment. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. Well, uh, yes, they are. It's, it's the law of the land. They are absolute until you obey the law. Uh, in fact, that portion of the law, which is called the Article 5 amendment process, to actually amend the Constitution. So until then, in fact, they are supposed to be absolute. But we know that you want to sidestep that process and proceed outside of the rule of law and proceed outside of the, you know, the legislative battle and making that work, particularly the amendment process, which is very difficult. So he goes on to say, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Recall the freedom of speech. I don't know what he meant by that. But yes, in fact, Mr. President, you can yell fire in a theater, and you can do so legally if there's an actual fire. Just as we can legally use our weapons to defend ourselves, either against a criminal assault uh, on, on ourselves or our property, uh, or against an immoral and oppressive government, just as the founders intended to begin with so yeah you can you can yell fire in a crowded theater as long as there's a fire back to president biden gun violence in this country is an epidemic let me say it again gun violence in this country is an epidemic actually mr president it's far worse elsewhere except in you know the mostly uh, homogeneous uh, societies america actually ranks 80 third in the world in gun violence per capita. Now, you wouldn't know that by listening to our mainstream media. But despite that fact uh, that we have over, well, we have over twice the number of guns per capita than the, the largest amount, you know, in any country following us. And then it just falls off precipitously after that. Additionally, you know who is now pouring across our southern border? You know that you've heard of that border crisis. Well, a lot of those people are the people from those Central and South American countries that have far higher incidences of gun violence per capita, and they also are coming from societies with a far lower lower regard for life than do most Americans, including thousands of Mexican cartel and gang members who are embedded in those immigrant caravans. And by the way, I'm going to provide all the links for these little. You know, tidbits and statistics that I throw out there, they'll be down here in the uh, bottom part of the video. So you'll be able to read those uh, when this is all over, if you feel so inclined to check up on my math. Back to the president. From the beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. What? Oh, wait, what? You said from the beginning, we couldn't own any weapon that we wanted to own? The beginning of the country? If that's what you meant, it's bullshit because American regulars during the Revolutionary War, could own and carry anything they could get their hands on and anything they damn well pleased and do so without permission from any government. In fact, they even had better rifles than did the British Army. Uh, American revolutionaries actually possessed more accurate um, Kentucky rifles so that they could actually individually aim at their target or, or at the enemy while the redcoats because of their inferior rifling were forced to actually rely on just large volleys of bullets thrown at the other side and in hopes of, of hitting something with any uh, success just firing into a crowd as it were uh, the president then went on to say from the very beginning the second amendment existed 
I'm just talking. I'm just reading exactly the way he said it. Sorry. From the very beginning, the Second Amendment existed. Certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. Uh, there's a little bit of truth to that, but there's a lot of bullshit intended because, uh, in fact, the only people that weren't allowed to have weapons uh, or firearms were were blacks and Native Americans. Uh, they were the only ones that were disallowed by law to in many territories and states uh, to actually own guns. And let's look back. Frankly, they are the ones who most needed uh, the protection against an immoral and oppressive um, uh, government. Am I right? It was discriminatory, immoral laws that prevented them from personal defense and survival, for that matter. The president goes on. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. God, he says epidemic a lot. Kind of related to a health care crisis, that word, epidemic. That narrative is on purpose. And it's a national embarrassment. Uh, no, sir. No, it's not. Uh, only in America's largest, oldest, and most dangerous democratic strongholds and where severe strengths on Second Amendment liberties exist do we see these epidemic numbers. If you just take Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, New Orleans, D.C., uh, take those cities out of the equation where Democrats have had a lockout control over those governments for decades, and America actually falls from its 83rd position per capita in gun violence on the planet down to near the very bottom americans are among the most peaceful peaceable nonviolent people in the world and this is despite the hundreds of millions of firearms that those americans that i'm talking about right there possess you know all of us in middle america and flyover country and outside of the big cities the president continues every day in this country 316 people are shot every single day. 106 of them die every day. Again, most of those numbers occur in those democratic strongholds and where severe restraints on Second Amendment liberties exist. And here we hear from the president yet again. You probably didn't hear it, but between those two incidents, less than one week apart, there were more than 850 additional shootings. 850 that took the lives of more than 250 people and left 500 injured. Again, sir, most of those numbers occurred in those same democratic strongholds and where those severe restraints on Second Amendment liberties exist. Back to the president. Today, I'm announcing several initial steps my administration is taking to curb this epidemic, there's that word again, of gun violence. And by the way, none of these steps, these initial steps or otherwise, which he's uh, proposing, will do anything to stop the violence that he has been referring to. And because, A, criminals don't give a shit about any gun law, period. Who thinks they do? Who's going to argue that a criminal is ever going to go, oh, oh, that's against the law for me to do that with this gun? Oh, okay, well, I guess I just won't. B, the genie of guns being available for all time, for the rest of our lives, our children's lives, and our grandchildren's lives, the genie's out of the bottle. 
There's millions of guns that are possessed by criminal elements and gang elements and cartel elements. And these elements will never obey any piece of gun control legislation. It's laughable to make that claim. And it, and it's the criminals who are going to do the, the, the it's the criminals who are going to be laughing the loudest back to the president. Much more needs to be done. But the first, this is, this is just the way he's talking. I'm just reading the transcript. Let me start that over just so you get it clear. I'm going to say it exactly as he said it. Much more need to be done. But the first, want to rein in the proliferation of so-called ghost guns. These are guns that are homemade, built from a kit that could include directions on how to finish the firearm. You can go buy the kit. They have no serial numbers, so they can't show up at a crime scene. They can't be traced. First of all, Mr. President, hobbyist gun builders don't use these weapons in crimes. Some of these kits and parts do, in fact, also contain serial numbers. As well, <laughs> and it's ridiculous that I even have to mention this, you do know, sir, that serial numbers can be filed off any legally purchased or stolen gun it's a stupid mindless argument meant only to appease biden's stupid mindless base into a feel-good trance because it, it just makes them feel like that he's doing something it sounds like he's doing something back to the president and the buyers aren't required to pass a background check to buy the kit to make the gun consequently anyone from a criminal to a terrorist can buy this kit in as little as 13 minutes put together a weapon. Criminals and terrorists don't need kits to buy guns. They have them, and they have access to them by the millions, including the ones that your previous administration, remember when you were Obama's vice president, that you guys distributed to the cartels in Mexico through the Fast and Pur Furious program. Come on, man. Remember? The third change, the president says, we want to treat pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. Stabilize the embrace, and then he mumbled something, essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning it into a short-barreled rifle. Sir, I've already pointed out, Criminals don't give a shit. <laughs> Look, greater than 97% of all gun crime is committed with a handgun anyway, not rifles. So this is just another feckless, feel-good, do-nothing proposal to sound like you're trying to accomplish something to you know pay off a, a political campaign promise when it will absolutely accomplish nothing at all, especially not deterring or preventing the types of crimes that you are referring to. Over 97% FBI statistics of all gun crimes are committed with a handgun. Back to the president. Fourthly, during my campaign for president, I wanted to make it easier for states to adopt extreme risk protection order laws. They're also called red flag laws, which everybody in this lawn knows, but many people listening do not know. These laws allow police or a family member to petition a court in their jurisdiction and say, I want you to temporarily remove from the following people any firearm they may possess because they're a danger and a crisis. 
they're presenting a danger to themselves and to others. I'll tell you what's dangerous. It's this proposal because this is the single most dangerous proposal of all because anyone can claim that anyone else is incompetent, mentally ill, disturbed, or you know any other unproven threat. And then by so doing, just set the jackboots in motion. You know, estranged ex-spouses, uh, ex-girlfriends, Facebook trolls, COVID, care, COVID Karens, social justice warriors, animal rights, and uh, cancel culture activists. And again, statistically, some 99% of these uh, people committing the violent acts that you're talking about right now would never have showed up in that criteria to begin with. That They are criminal elements who are not going to be red flagged at any time for any reason. I mean, can you imagine? Do you, do you think anybody living in certain neighborhoods want to be known as a rat in a gang-filled uh, you know, inner-city neighborhood? Yeah, good luck with that. It's going to be the American leftists. It's going to be our neighbors. They're going to be tattletelling on law-abiding, salt-of-the-earth Americans. They're going to be making up stories out of whole cloth about our societal instability and doing so about the millions who they've seen on their social media pages who have shared their hunting trips and uh, their target shooting outings. And this is just just like the, the you know the mask Nazis who ratted out a father and a son who were you know off in a back of a field somewhere, uh, back of a park throwing a baseball when no one else is anywhere near them. Or that remember the paddleboarder off a you know an empty beach alone in the Pacific Ocean all by himself. He was a danger to no one, and here comes showing up the Coast Guard and the cops to haul the paddleboarder away. God, this is horrifically dangerous proposition but the president continued to put this in perspective more than half of all suicides for example involve the use of a firearm but when a gun is not available an attempt at suicide the death rate drops precipitously bullshit the united states and sweden for instance have nearly identical suicide rates per capita how do you think the swedes uh commit suicide what do they use they've got a fraction of the number of weapons that we have per capita how about finland france japan south korea all with higher suicide rates than the united states and all with fractionally fewer gun owners per capita what do you think they use it's just another ball faced lie and the stats are as i said they're included below if you want to check up on that the president continues Additionally, we recognize that cities across the country are experiencing historic spikes in homicides, as law enforcement can tell you. Why is that, Mr. President? Hmm? Have you ever heard of the defund the police movement? Ever heard of the outbreaks of rampant lawlessness that has uh, been not only allowed, but actually promoted following George Floyd's death? What about the psychological devastation and suicides uh, that have been racked up and caused by the uh, COVID lockdowns? The lockdown-related surge in domestic assault and home violence. Are you kidding me about this recent surge? I I think that any right-thinking person knows where that's coming from and the circumstances that have led to those numbers increasing. But he goes on. The violence is hitting black and brown communities the hardest. 
Homicide is the leading cause of death of black boys and men ages 15 to 34. The leading cause of death. Well, you know, it has been for a long time, Mr. President. Black-on-black murder is exactly what spikes all of our statistics. Uh, And they're spiked in those same Democratic stronghold cities I've mentioned before where your leftist policies have destroyed black family structures for almost six decades now. So if you can tell a story, let's tell the whole story. But Mr. Biden continues. But there are proven strategies that reduce gun violence in urban communities. Proven strategies that reduce gun violence in urban communities. Really? Name one. Why aren't they being used in Chicago right now? Why aren't they being used in uh, uh, New York City where there's like a 250% spike since the COVID lockdowns and and the uh, BLM riots? Where are those proven strategies? Why aren't they being used? In fact, please just name one. Reality is, is that everywhere you make gun control more strict and you put millions of more people and make them dependent upon government welfare, crime goes up. But he goes on. But many of these have been badly underfunded or not funded at all of late. Ah, well, there it is, right? More money. It's always more money with you guys. More redistribution, more dependence, more idle time, and less personal responsibility. The the stats on this are just irrefutably the opposite of your assertions. The president continues. Most people don't know. You walk into a store and you buy a gun. You have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. I wonder who wrote this speech. Are they that ignorant or are they just that devious? Because that's just a gigantic lie. Background checks are performed at all American gun shows just as they are with in-store purchases. And the president continues. Now, I know this has been a hobby horse of mine for a long time. Got it done once. We should also ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country. Well... Thank you. There it is. And it is they, the president and his uh, ilk, who will also define that which is an assault weapon. (laughs) And based on that, really nothing is safe, not a single weapon. Once they're allowed to define what is an assault weapon or a weapon of war, there's no stopping them. But he goes on. There's no reason someone needs a weapon of war with 100 rounds, 100 bullets that can be fired from that weapon. Mr. President, over 99% of law-abiding Americans do not own weapons of war. That, too, is a lie. An AR-15 is not a weapon of war. In fact, it's not a weapon of war in any country's army from any country on this planet. Terrorists and criminal cartels? They have weapons of war. They're easily available on the world's gun markets and black markets, and that's where they get them. They've got the money. They can make the purchase. And criminals don't care one bit about magazine capacities either. You're not going to stop the very things that you pretend to make proposals to solve this alleged problem. But he goes on. You realize, again, the people here, because they're so knowledgeable out here in the Rose Garden, but one piece that people don't realize, the only industry in America, a billion-dollar industry, that can't be sued, as exempt from being sued, are gun manufacturers. Mm, You mean like 
the manufacturers of COVID vaccines? Hmm? So he concludes it by saying, well, he didn't conclude, but this is where I'm going to end it. He said, I quote the president, so folks, this is just the start. Yep. That's the most honest thing he said in the entire speech. They will not stop at so-called and deliberately misidentified assault weapons. We know they're in game. We know you're in game, Mr. President. This is just the start, you said. Hundreds of millions of guns are not going to be turned in by any of your buyback schemes. Criminals will just laugh at you, and they'll also laugh at those Americans weak enough to turn their weapons in. The 3D printing genie is also out of the bottle. Even if you could manage to confiscate all private, law-abiding Americans' guns, criminals will still make them. They'll buy them on black markets. They'll import Chinese and Russian-made weapons. Oh, you think you can stop that too? Just like you've stopped drug smuggling and drug importation, right? Eventually, under your policies, Mr. President, the only people with guns will be those most violent criminals, the gangs, the cartels, the terrorists, and those policing agencies that you and social uh, justice groups are so desperate to, uh, to want to defund and to neuter, they'll have them still. Explain that logic to me. You know, those very cops that black Americans already think gun down unarmed blacks every day. I mean, statistically, according to the FBI, that in fact does not happen. It's a very, 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 very small incident of cop shootings per year. It's just not true. But unfortunately, that's what they've been told and what many of them actually believe. The fact is that Democrats are again working to disarm minorities, just like they did during slavery and for decades following. It's Democrats injustifies the means, methods, and, you know, their party's president that can only sell this scheme to the American people by telling lies about the history of guns, about the history of our Constitution, uh, how they were used, who uses those guns, and about every available and published FBI crime statistic. They lie about all of it. And I've proven most of that in this short video, and I've got the links to those stats that I've referred to down below. So you can check up on me. Let me just quote the Second Amendment real quick. I know we all know it. Let's just look at it. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The key phrase is being necessary to the security of a free state. And the state is us, we the people. But the con controversial phrase is a well-regulated regulated militia. So who is that militia? Who is the militia that our founders and the drafters of our Constitution and the Bill of Rights were referring to? Well, to quote George Mason, he said, I ask, who are the militia? They consist now of the whole people, except a few public officers. You got that? It's the people and not the public officers. That's who the militia is. From the pen of Noah Webster, he wrote, The supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to 
any band of regular troops. Well, a frickin' men, Noah Webster. James Madison, the father of our Constitution, he said, Besides the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation, the existence of subordinate governments to which the people are attached and by which the militia officers are appointed forms a barrier against the enterprises of ambition, more insurmountable than any which a simple government of any form can admit of. Madison also wrote, The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people, trained to arms, is the best and most natural defense of a free country. Composed of the body of the people. Richard Henry Lee wrote, A militia, when properly formed, are in fact the people themselves. Can they get any more clear? He continues, and include, according to the past and general usage of the states, all men capable of bearing arms. To preserve liberty, it is essential that the whole body of the people always possess arms and be taught alike, especially when young, how to use them. Patrick Henry speechified, Guard with jealous attention the public liberty. Suspect everyone who approaches that jewel. Unfortunately, nothing will preserve it but downright force. Whenever you give up that force, you are ruined. The great object is that every man be armed. Everyone who is able might have a gun. And finally, uh, let's look at the words of Samuel Adams. The Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. God, how much more clear can it be? Can the purpose and original intent of the Second Amendment possibly be misunderstood in this context? Well, except only by those who deliberately pervert and contort the original language and intent. The militia is you and me. It's not our standing armies. It's not our standing police forces. That's not what they meant when they wrote that first part of the sentence in the Second Amendment. No, Mr. President, you will not take our guns, period. And if you do happen to send your jackboots to our homes in the middle of the night, you may be successful for a short period of time, but word will leak out. Word will spread. It'll spread like wildfire. And the next house and the next town, the next county, and the next state will be ready to repel your unlawful and immoral actions by the very force that was spoken of by Noah Webster and Patrick Henry. With that statement, and I think that I speak for millions of my law-abiding fellow Americans, and I say this to those who currently run our federal government, we have you outgunned. And we possess more ammunition than all your police forces and military personnel combined. At least by a known factor of about 75 to 1. Maybe even as high as 100 to 1 or more. Do you hear our voices, Mr. President? As I said, the statistics and data that I referred to will be found in links below this video. 
I hope that all of you will share this video uh, and, you know, risk it. Share it with one of your leftist friends. Uh, put it on your Facebook page. Maybe somebody will watch it. Maybe somebody will learn something from it because they're not, certainly not hearing this information and this correct data coming from mainstream media sources. I hope that you'll also join us in our our migration away from other social media platforms over to locals.com. Uh, I think that this is the most important fl place for us to be, and it's one where we're not going to be deplatformed. We're not going to have our, our uh, postings and my writings and my blogs and my uh, videos deleted, or they're not going to be reach restricted, and they're not going to be you know blocked in any way over there. So uh, I'm going to share from locals this video so it will be there may get deleted the posting may get deleted once it ends up in facebook or, or twitter but it, it'll it's going to be there but it will come from locals it's it's the pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com that is our new home that's our new hub that's where all of our content is going to come from from this point forward uh, we are making every effort first of all not to spend any more money with known deplatformers and we are leaving uh, some of the others as well. In fact, uh, we're just about to send out our very last email through the MailChimp uh, program because they are also a known platformer. We're not spending any more money on Facebook. I am not going to load any more videos up to YouTube. Locals will be the home, and we'll share from there to everywhere else. But you can come join us on Locals for free and have access to all the content. In fact, as I mentioned, we were uh, we were leaving Mailchimp. So if you signed up through our website, thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com, uh, for our e-newsletter, I would ask you to please and I apologize for having to do it again, but please go over to Locals, our Locals page, and just subscribe again for free, and then that way you will never miss any content. Uh, you will never have to worry about the the fact that Facebook book won't even let you know but a minor minor minuscule fraction of our facebook followers even see each of our posts you'll see everything over there in fact you'll only see what you want to see there won't be any ads uh polluting your screen nobody's listening to you through siri and alexa and then populating your news feed with you know uh <laughs> you know that you googled up or what you were searching for on amazon the previous day it's not going to suddenly pop up in your feed there's no ads at all the the only thing that we ask is that if you can support us over there if you can afford just as little as five dollars a month that's how low we're setting the paywall to keep out the trolls and the riffraff and to keep everything you know, much more intelligent and much more civil over there. And that does help us facilitate that. But it also facilitates the fact that we don't have to run ads and that locals doesn't have to run ads. And people bitch, moan and complain about even just the $5 to be on a, you know, a, a, a social media site. But there's so many advantages. And then the other biggest advantage is something I've never allowed on any of our other social media feeds is I'm allowing you, the, the supporters of the Pragmatic Constitutionalist, to actually produce, create, and post your own content right there in the TPC community on Locals. I've never allowed that before. So if you've got something you want to add, you've got something you want us to talk about, just throw it out there. And as long as it's legal and as long as it's civil and as long as it's not you know, immoral, um, uh, we'll talk about it. You know, good, bad, or ugly, and we'll 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 have a, a civil discussion about it. So there's a lot of advantages to supporting us over there, in addition to just helping us continue to grow and and build and fund what we're you know what we're doing. And I do have one quick announcement, which I won't 
get into all the details about, but did announce on a more private video here just a couple of days ago that I am in fact going to be embarking finally on the uh, northeast uh, leg of the TPC Roadshow. So that'll be beginning mid-May. And so I've got a couple months to kill because I'm still not back to work full time yet. But then I'll be hitting the road again and headed up your way if you're in that part of the country, as well as a few other locations east of the Mississippi. So that's the plans. And I'll be sending you a lot, sending out a lot more information about that here very shortly. And of course, as I said, if you can support us on Locals, that's great. That helps pay for all of that. It does cost money to get out there. And uh, gasoline is more expensive now since Biden's been president, if you haven't noticed. All right, that's enough. I'm rambling now. Thank you so much uh, for your attention, your support, uh, your interest in what we do. And I hope that you'll be around on our Locals platform and that I see you pop up there soon. ThePragmaticConstitutionalist.Locals.com And that's it. It's a wrap. And I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks. Thank you.